In the spirit of reconciliation, I want to acknowledge that Uncultured the Podcast is edited, recorded, and produced on land that is colonised, of which the traditional custodians are the direct people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respect to their elders, past and present. Sovereignty was never ceded. This week's episode of Uncultured the Podcast is sponsored by Nim Wellness, a luxury hair and skincare brand offering a blend of traditional Indian alchemy with modern science. Is this thing on? Cool. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Uncultured the Podcast. I'm your host, Kripa, here to add a little bit of color to your weeks. This week's episode is a solo episode. I've got shit on my mind and I don't know what to do with it, so I'm going to get in front of a mic and hope for the best. Sorry in advance, or you're welcome in advance. Probably you're welcome, but also probably sorry. <laughs> uh, this week, we're going to be talking about a topic that's been bubbling in my mind for the last couple months, and I decided to put pen on paper. So we're going to talk about whether dating preferences are racist. Spoiler alert. Kinda. <laughs> uh, let's get into it. Hello, 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 hello. It has been a while. I know. I'm so sorry. This is actually officially the first episode of Uncultured in 2022. We did have an episode of Are the Aunties Listening go out last month. But this is the first official uncultured episode and I realize it is the end of February and I'm very sorry. I do have a good explanation. I am currently in New York City, Empire State of Mind. I decided to just up and go. I got COVID over New Year's and I was like, I need a reward for being able to go through this lockdown. And I'm well aware that everyone has to go through it. But for some reason, I thought I was special. And so I decided to just travel. And I did. And it's great. It's fucking awesome. I'm going to do an episode on whether dating preferences are racist. And yeah, I know it's a bit of a fucking complex issue and probably not a great one to do while I'm traveling and don't have anyone to review the episode, but I'm going to go a bit rogue and just do it because why not? What's the worst that can happen? I'll get canceled. I'm okay with that. (laughs) anything I say I must say now that it is not gospel I don't even know what my opinion is really and so I'm very open to you guys coming back to me and being like what the fuck that's really not true uh because I'm kind of just putting my words out there and letting myself rant and I'm very very happy to reassess how I'm feeling so um yeah let's get into it it's a bit of a it's a bit, it's a bit of a tricky one because there are so many permutations and combinations and scenarios of whether or not dating preferences are racist I mean I've been wanting to do more like solo episodes um I feel like I've got a lot of shit in my mind and I don't do enough solo episodes because I have some incredible, incredible, incredible guests that I'm sure um, you guys love listening to, but I'm hoping you're going to love this as much because sometimes when you're traveling, you don't always line up with 
guests who are sleeping when you're waking up and waking up when you're sleeping, which is quite annoying. Um, time zones should be cancelled. Um, what are your thoughts on that one? Should I do a whole episode on that? Time zones are not woke. We have to cancel them. I feel like this is a topic that all of us have thought about in some capacity. Dating preferences are very innate and we feel like you like who you like and that's okay. But I want to think about it from a bit more of a nuanced lens because I do think introspection is useful. And that doesn't mean we have to change our preferences as a result of introspecting, but I think it's worth acknowledging that we could be racist. And is this form of racism okay? That's the real question. Again, I don't know. <laughs> Muhammad Khawaja in um, his article, Are Racial Preferences in Dating Morally Defensible? He says, the morality of race-based dating preferences is a sensitive but important issue, partly because it exposes our internalized racially colored desires and partly because it's charged with correcting them. Interracial couples, he says, comprise only a tenth of all American couples. And white people continue to remain the least likely to marry people of color. So racial dating preferences have been diversifying slowly, he says, um, with stats showing that over 15% of newlywed couples in America are interracial, three times an increase to the number 50 years ago. That's from the Pew Research Center, Key Facts About Race and Marriage in the US. I am going to be referring to this freaking awesome article um, written by, um, oh my gosh, I forgot her name. Let me check. Okay, okay, I'm back. Her name is Melissa Pendika, and she wrote this article on the website Mike, M-I-K. See? And it's called, Are Your Dating Preferences Racist? And she uh, constantly refers to a, a an assistant uh, professor at the University of Michigan called April Williams. For good context, I'm going to say that Melissa is Asian and April is black. So that's kind of the perspective we're going in with for this. But also I'm just, I'm really going to refer to it a couple times, mostly just talking, you know, the shit that comes out of my mouth. And you guys know that I'm South Asian. Before I get really into this, I'm currently in high rise and in New York. And there is literally like the sound of wind is so loud. And I'm not sure if the mic is going to pick up on it. Here it is. I'm sure the mic can pick up on a little bit of that. Maybe it can't. Anyway, I sound like such a first world problemer. Oh my God, life is so hard. I'm like in a fucking high rise hotel in the middle of Manhattan. Obviously, dating preferences come from somewhere. We're conditioned, whether that's through family, whether that's through society and beauty ideals or by the people that we're surrounded by at school or work or whatever. Um, and I think it's good to kind of acknowledge that, hey, my dating preferences come from somewhere. I wasn't just born liking brown men. Personally, I don't really have much of a preference. I All my exes were East Asian and South Asian. And I mean, I've been interested in white guys and black guys, in uh, brown guys. But that being said... I wonder whether having that wall up and not being open 
is actually okay. And I think based on the thinking I've done and the research I've done, I feel like it is. I do feel like it's forgivable to have certain preferences um, in certain contexts. One fucking context that I don't think it's reasonable, though, is when women of color are fetishized. Um, I think East Asian women experience this more, obviously, the entire stereotype is based on, thanks to Hollywood, is based on subservience and being quiet and being, you know, nice and non-confrontational and small and all of that bullshit that's led to the phenomenon of yellow fever, which I'm sure a lot of you guys are aware of. But yeah, brown women experience it as well. Black women experience it. The idea of being with someone because they're exotic and can add some spice to your life. And I think there are a couple of reasons why I think this is, yeah, not... Not, not not okay. Melissa Pendika on the mic. She said this thing which kind of stuck with me. She said, if it's anything that's stereotyped that can be easily, neatly packaged in a box, and that is probably a fetish. Quoting Williams, the example she uses is men who date exclusively Asian women. So, like, obviously it's not a problem to date women of color. Like we want you to want to date us. That is not the problem. The problem is when you date us because of our culture, because you have these preconceived notions of what you expect us to be before you date us. For example, as a brown woman, you might expect us to be more sexually overt or maybe sexually conservative on the other side of the spectrum Or, you know, we might be spicy and add colors and culture to your life, which is all great and true, but also that is that shouldn't be something that's like exclusively the reason you date us and also some of us aren't necessarily going to fit into that box. She goes on to say, if your fetish is based on these stereotypes, they deny someone else's humanity and makes them an object of consumption, and that's where it becomes a problem. I think this is exactly what my problem with fetishization is you're dating people because of their culture rather than who they are as people it's a different thing to date someone and grow to love their culture what i'm talking about here is wanting to date an east asian woman because you think that she's going to be uh subservient and she's going to be quiet and like she's going to quote unquote obey you it's just unfair that you're coming into the relationship with the perspective that this is how a person is going to be. I think, yeah, I think in this scenario, when we're talking about particularly white men dating exclusively women of color or certain women of color, certain types of women of color, um, I do think that is racist. Going through all of this, I've just realized the only way to know whether or not your dating preferences are racist is to, to like be like, okay, why? Like, why do I only date Asian women. What's the reason? Is it because I'm surrounded by Asian women and that's the only, those are the only people I'm exposed to because of school or the suburb I live in or the workplace I'm in? Okay, I think that's a bit more forgivable. Maybe you live in a predominantly East Asian country, so the people you date are East Asian. I mean, that is obviously a very different scenario. The reason I started thinking about all of this was because um, of dating apps. So obviously I've been through a breakup. I think most people have, my friends have recently gone through them. And so 
like dating app experiences are very um, hit or miss. It took me four years to find like a good guy on there. But I think most women of color that you'll meet will have one story at least of a guy starting the conversation by saying, ooh, I bet you make a mean butter chicken. First of all, Ryan, I, <laughs> I'm i vegan. Secondly, I can't cook. <laughs> Thirdly, why are you assuming that because I'm brown, I can cook butter chicken? That's where I'm like, yeah, okay, this is literally a racist way to date. If this is the first thing you say to me because you see my face, if I was a white girl and I was holding a drink, you're not going to say that. You're going to look at me as a person and you're going to start the conversation like, hey, what's up? Um, and Honestly, 95% of the people on there are great. They they will start the conversation like that. But if you're one of the few who's going to start by saying, hey, I hope you make me a good butter chicken, um, this is for you. You, you are a little racist. I, I think it can even oh, – there is a siren outside. This is New York. There is literally constantly an emergency. For the amount of sirens there are, there is there is a lack of correlation to the amount of sirens there are and the amount of news articles there are about the emergencies in New York. Like, I want to know where these people are going. Um, peace and love, praying that whoever they're going to is safe. Um, anyway, what was I saying? This could also come from, like, a place of genuineness and, like, good intention. Um, I'm going to give you an example of this wonderful man I was speaking to and I say wonderful man with a pinch of salt. His name is Winston, and he is a lovely white boy who started the conversation by saying, do you have Indian heritage by any chance? Okay, so I said, no, sorry. And then to fuck with him, I was like, do you? I mean, he's the most white looking boy ever, and I don't think anyone would ask him if he had Indian heritage, but I just wanted to confuse him a bit. Anyway, he replied after like 24 hours, probably confused. And he was like, okay, no, I'm not. Although I would be proud of it if I were. Love India. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you are one of the good ones. Great. Wonderful. Anyway, so I was like, why? And he goes, it's so alive. Bitch, we have 1.3 billion people. Yes, we are so alive. And then he goes, vibrant culture, over 1,000 gods, very friendly people, good food, mostly vegan. What's not to love? What are your thoughts? I went back to him by saying, can I be honest with you? Then he goes, go for it. But don't be too rude, please. Okay, Winston, I won't be rude. Like, obviously, it was coming from a nice place. And, you know, props to him. Like he wasn't, you know, trying to be malicious and he probably doesn't even think that he's fetishizing or being racist or any of that stuff. And the thing is, racism is more than just overtly saying, I hate brown people and I hate India. Racism is also microaggressions and profiling people just by looking at them and it being the first thing you see when you look at a person of color that's still kind of looking at them for their race prior to you know, trying to get to know them. But I was, I woke up and I chose violence. No, I woke up and I chose passive aggressive education. That's right. That, that makes me sound wonderful, doesn't it? Passive aggressive education, um, makes me sound like a social justice warrior doing the good work, doing God's work. Um, anyway, I sent him freaking two pages worth of, um, of education just cause I felt like it. 
um, it probably was over the top and it probably was very in, in, um, in his face, but also I wasn't expecting or wanting a date with Winston. So I was like, whatever, I just woke up and chose passive aggressive education. And I took by two pages, by the way, I mean, two phone length pages, not like two A4 pages. That would be a bit psychotic. I said, like just a summary, just to like, so you guys kind of understand where I was coming from. Um, it happens a lot to women of color who look overtly Asian or black or indigenous. The fact that we're not viewed as complex people, but as 2D people who are a specific race. Fetishizing Indians is more than just acknowledging race, but also fixating on it, novelizing it and making it the only part of our identity considered or the only part of our identity you want to hear about. Anyway, his response his response to that was, are you an Olympic high jumper? Because you sure do like jumping to conclusions. To be fair, that's a really funny response. Maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I, maybe I judged him too early. But I think hopefully that gives you guys a good idea of what I think with regards to white guys who only date women of color or white guys who, who date women of color with a a specific like game plan either just to have sex with or just trying to completely minimize and diminish their dating experience to be one that is about the person's culture you know in how i met your mother we're freaking barney stinson of like okay i love the show i literally have a tattoo dedicated to this show but In the show, freaking Barney Stinson, the problematic god, has this map and puts a pin on the map for every woman, like for for each woman that he's had sex with from each different country. That's the problem. That is where dating preferences are racist. Like, what the fuck? The issue is also I would date, you know, within my culture only, but I will hook up with someone who's outside of my culture. And so a lot of women of color, we're we're not marriage material. We're just hookup material. But I think the complexity is when, like, what if that power imbalance has changed? Like, obviously, white guys that date women of color, there's a twofold um, power imbalance. Firstly, they're men. And unfortunately, we live in a world where uh, being a man holds more power than being a woman. And secondly, being a white person unfortunately has more power than being a person of color and so then there's this weird imbalance what if i exclusively dated east asian men so like i mentioned before most of my exes are east asian i think the way to think about this again is to think about like why why was that the reason and that is probably telling of whether it's racist or not are you dating them because like that was the predominant culture and that's what you're exposed to because that was the case for me. But if the case was that you're only dating them because they have a specific trait that you like, for example, I don't know, what What if East Asian men were, um, they all liked pretzels. Okay, I only date East Asian men because they like pretzels. Um, yeah, I feel like that's when it's like questionable. So yeah, I still think it can be prejudiced. I still think it can be weird and maybe like approaching racist, but yeah, it's not, I I don't feel like it's the same. I think the weird imbalance is when people of color, this is one that you'd probably see often is when people of color date exclusively white men or white women. 
And it's a bit complex, right? Because I feel like it's, I feel like I have more forgiveness in this scenario. And I'll explain why. So um, Melissa in her article, she says, if you're a person of color who exclusively dates white people, that's worth interrogating too. What is about white people that you find so attractive? So she refers to Williams who says, if we're talking about black men only dating white women, it is approaching a fetish, especially if that attraction is based on Eurocentric beauty ideals or the American dream trope of a wife who stays at home and raises the kids. But I kind of don't agree with this because I feel like it's more complex. I feel like as people of color, whether we're Asian or black or indigenous, we have this experience that is very unique, being more exposed to racial harassment. And I feel like it's fair if you are exposed to racial harassment your entire life and being told that you are disgusting and you smell like curry or that you're not attractive because you're a certain race, you are going to internalize that. And I feel like it results in a lot of internalized racism. And when you're you're brought up and conditioned to believe that your race is inferior, you're obviously going to gravitate towards what you've been told is the superior race. It's really unfortunate and it is conditioning, but I feel like there's more forgiveness because it's linked to trauma. It's linked to the idea that you've been told your entire life that you're not good enough. And as a result, you are uh, quote unquote marrying up, right? By dating what you've been conditioned and told is attractive. But then there's also the element of there might be certain stereotypes about your culture that don't suit you. I think a good example of that is there is a stereotype slash there's kind of truth to the stereotype, but that brown men are coddled and there are a lot of cultural issues that are related to uh, brown men who believe that they um, are entitled to a certain type of partner and a certain type of lifestyle that we're born and brought up to serve them. Obviously, every culture has a different stereotype. I think it's fair to not want to marry into that if you're risking being exposed to toxic brown culture where you are supposed to be a subservient Indian wife who is just brought up to serve your man and have to deal with a mother-in-law who coddles your partner. And I think that is also, there's a bit of forgiveness there if you're like, nah, I'm only going to date people outside of my race. And then there's the other end of it where you where you only date within your race. This one, like the majority of people, I feel like we can agree the majority of people marry or date within their race. I feel like there is a lot of validity in wanting to to date within your race. If you've been told your entire life that, you know, you aren't good enough because of your race, it's it can also ostracize you from other races and want you to just be safe and protect yourself by dating within your race and dating people who have the same experience as you. It's really nice to be with someone who understands your culture and not have to explain your entire identity to someone. If your culture is a huge part of you and a huge part of your identity, having to explain that to someone is a lot of work. And not only that, having to explain 
traumas around racism or traumas around stereotypes that's a whole nother thing as well and so like it's the easy option to date someone within your race Mona Chalabi talks about how people of color only want to date within their race because they don't want to be people's exotic experiment political statement or just being plain misunderstood there's a bit of uh there's a bit of Freud in this as well you kind of just want to date someone who makes you feel at home who might look like your family and fit into your family kind of gross but also very very fair that people feel this way there's there's weird science attached to freud yeah unfortunately he was right about a lot which yeah i think there's a lot of family influence with this stuff right like fact of the matter is for most families you're going to have an easier time integrating your partner into the family if they're from the same culture that could be because your families can speak the same language so they can communicate with each other more effectively or it might be because your partner understands bits of your culture that your family will but also fuck some families are that's you just don't have a choice like you are risking being cut off from your family being ostracized from your family i am currently dating a sri lankan man feels weird to call him a man I'm dating a Sri Lankan man. So fucking weird. Anyway, I'm dating my boyfriend Sri Lankan and I am Indian. If you don't know already, I talk about that in pretty much every episode. But I I was lucky because I ended up with a guy that fits the brown parent ideal. I think my parents could have been convinced if I didn't, but I was just lucky that he happens to be a good-looking brown doctor so my life has been made a little easier and unfortunately it's a very very possible outcome that you introduce someone outside of your race or your religion or your culture and you are like cut off from them i don't think that you know we are exempt from responsibility because we take on our parents values and i don't even think that doing this means you're taking on your parents values i feel like we are allowed to do things and make choices because it, they will potentially make our life easier but i do think there's a level of accountability that comes with it right like okay like freud was onto something I just got to say that. Have you guys, do you guys follow the um, Instagram page, Siblings or Dating? First of all, if you don't, you have to go follow it now because it is fucking hilarious and so fun to play. But secondly, the fact that so many people on there have partners that literally look like they're twin, like, come on, come on. Like, that cannot be a coincidence that you have a pool of 7 billion people to choose from and you choose someone who looks exactly like you. Like, that's fucking weird. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's weird, right? Come on. It's weird. Go follow them now. Play. Pause. Pause this. Go play the game. Come back. And let's let's just be in bewilderment together at how many people date someone who look like their literal womb sharer. In the article, Melissa um, quotes April, and April says, some Asian parents tell their kids they can date whoever they want, 
just not a black person. And she explains that even if you're Asian and you don't share that view yourself, there is an element of life being easier or better if you don't date a black person. Like that extends to religious contentions in South Asia where you've got Muslim families who don't want you to date someone who's Hindu and you have Hindu families that don't want you to date someone Muslim and it is actually a no-go zone. Like you completely block off this entire population of people because, you know, there are religious historical contentions around it. Like I don't know about you guys but I feel like it's just a given in a lot of brown households that if you date someone – as a Hindu person, if you date someone that is Muslim, that is just not okay. And you have to prepare yourself for this uphill battle of convincing your parents and, you know, hiding it from your parents and vice versa. Same with Muslim families. I think that's ludicrous because you're you're literally cutting access to multitudes of parallel universes where you could have had this amazing life with someone and found your soulmate in someone who you're just not allowed to date. It's like that um, quote, it's like, there is no way that there are 7 billion people in the world and you found your soulmate 15 minutes away from you. It's like, yeah, I mean, even if you don't believe in soulmates, you're cutting off an opportunity to be happy, like with 6 billion other people, because you're saying you're only compatible with 1 billion. Some families, there's caste restrictions as well there's village restrictions so you're cutting it off to a a pool of 50,000 people some people are like you know what I can probably find a really great brilliant fulfilled life with one of those 50,000 people and still have the ability to be happy with the family that I live with and then they're going to love me and they're going to love my partner and that is the preferred option uh, rather than being open to the idea of you know dating any possible person and potentially losing my connection with my family and everything that I've grown up around and been surrounded by and built. And I just feel like there is validity to that. Unfortunately, it sucks. It really, really sucks. Even if we don't hold those same values, even if we're sitting here and we're like, I don't have any issue with dating someone who's East Asian or I don't have any issue with dating someone who's black. You have this choice you have to make. You either date someone who is not of your parents' liking and lose them or you have this choice amongst 50,000 people and you can bring home someone that your parents will like and your life will be good. While it's valid, I think it's not fair to not take accountability for that and acknowledge that there is some racism behind that on our part as well. For us to sit here and go, no, 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 it's you know what my parents want, not what I want. What you're saying is that you're not willing to fight against these values that are held by our parents and we're not willing to sacrifice the life that we have and the relationship we have with our families. And while it's valid to not want to sacrifice that, I think we need to recognize that it's also so harmful to communities that we're discriminating against because, I don't know, it's freaking unfair, isn't it? In this case, it's it's probably racist, but it's valid if the only option is complying and 
preventing yourself from never talking to your parents again or finding yourself homeless. You can't help who you fall in love with. If you cross paths with someone who happens to not be on your parents' checklist of what is acceptable and what isn't, and in fact they're on the deal-breaker side of the checklist, then is the answer to just sacrifice your love or to sacrifice your relationship with your parents? It's just valid that some people choose to sacrifice their relationship with their parents. And I think we need to acknowledge that there are people that do that and it's really sad that they have to. But yeah, by not fighting for it, we're upholding those values and we're giving it our green light and saying it's okay that they believe this. There is a large group of people in interracial interracial relationships who are unfortunately cut off from their families as a result of this and I think upholding that racism and making the choice to date someone within your culture is valid there is again some forgiveness in it but there's still some introspection that's needed Melissa quotes Williams again and says that people fall into the trap of sticking with what they know because they think it's safer um, I think I can relate. I think as much as I've had a plethora of people that I'd be interested in, I think that I naturally gravitate more towards people who um, I think will integrate into my family and understand the nuances of being a brown person in a predominantly Eurocentric world. And that doesn't mean that there are predominantly white people in the world. It just means that the things we consume and the ideals that we're exposed to are predominantly white ideals. Um, I think it's fair to want to stick with something that we feel safe with. We have shared culture, we have shared values. I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you choose something easy when you can, when there is so much potential to find so much happiness within people of our own race? Why make life harder? Is the question. The thing that we don't talk about is the consequence of our dating preferences. Here's the thing. We live in an unjust world. When this unjust world is constantly telling us that being fair is more beautiful, that being thin is more beautiful, that being white is more beautiful, or having straight hair is more beautiful, of course we're going to be conditioned to be more attracted to people who have those qualities, right? We're going to be attracted to people who fit into what is conventionally attractive, we don't have to sit here and say we absolutely need to change our dating preferences because um, at the end of the day, we are attracted to what we're attracted to, but why? Ultimately, this is a freaking life decision, and if you're conditioned to feel something, it's unlikely that's going to be changed or it's going to take a lot of effort to change it. Super quick ad break because I'm here to tell you guys how much I'm obsessed with Neem Wellness. Uh, Neem is our sponsor yet again, and I literally never want them to leave. These guys are a startup in Sydney, two Indian women who have an intersection of Indian culture and Australian culture and have really put that into their products. They've made their products a mix of Ayurvedic elements, but also traditional Australian botanical elements and herbs. Uh, to create this magnificent formula. It is truly chef's kiss. Actually, their fortifying hair oil 
I keep that literally in my pocket all the time or in my handbag. I've brought it with me overseas. Who does that? And um, that's what's keeping my hair nice and healthy, especially in this cold weather. It goes into your roots, makes your hair shinier, makes your hair softer, makes your hair return to its original form and not the form that you've turned it into. Yes, I'm looking at you. Turned it into with all that hair dye. Um, and does, does anybody use heat protectant anymore? If you do, you have your life together. But if you don't, truly, this shit will save you. They've now come out with a shampoo, which I'm dying to try. I feel like my hair has just grown so much longer than I expected it to over the last couple of months because of it as well. Um, head over to our Instagram page and you can see live photos of how my hair health changed. I'm going to be posting a reel about this as well in the next week. My favorite part of Neom Wellness's fortifying hair oil is the way that it smells. It's like a mix of literally our childhood um, in both Australia and in India um, or in South Asian countries. You've got jasmine and then you've got lemon myrtle and it's just mm, it's delicious. Um, you have to go follow them at Neom Wellness on Instagram and you can go to their website to order some good stuff. That's www.neam-wellness.com. Um, that's Neam, spelled N-I-Y-A-M. Don't get that one wrong. All right, I'm going to head back to the episode. Love you. Bye. Yeah, the consequences mean that people who are less quote-unquote conventionally attractive are going to bear the brunt of society's uh, dating preferences. So in 2014, OkCupid did a study on what races are swiped on the most and swiped against the most. And here were the results. Asian men liked Asian women the best and liked black women least. Um, black men liked Asian women and Latina women, but white women the least. Latino men liked Latina women the most, but black women the least. White men liked Asian women the most and black women the least. Asian women liked Asian men the most, but black men the least. Black women liked black men the most and Asian men the least. Latina women liked Latino men the most and black men the least. White women liked white men the most and Asian men the least. What this tells us is that Asian men and black women have the hardest time on dating apps. I watched this video by Mona Chalabi, who I love. The video is called Does Having a Racial Preference When Dating Make Us Racist? And she talks about how in the OkCupid data, this is not just restricted to heterosexual couples. This is also prevalent in same-sex couples. It's not as pronounced, but it's still there. It sucks that people are conditioned to feel that way and unfortunately can't get past that. Some dating apps encourage filtering of races. So they, I think, so I, know, I definitely know Hinge does it, OkCupid does it, and Grinder does it um, because of my extensive experience on Grinder. But but those are the three that I can think of um, that do it, where you can be like, I only want to see South Asian men, or I only want to see Asian women on my profile. And so 
I only can swipe on them. Um, on one hand, it's kind of fun because it just makes life easier if you do want to date within your race. But on the other hand, it's kind of racist because you can check every box except one and ask to not be shown a certain race. And that is, yeah, that's, that's just like innately horrible. I think anecdotally as well, like I've heard about a lot of my guy friends who are South Asian, who've had really shitty experiences on dating apps, um, haven't got gotten many swipes. Like a lot of my friends have said, have talked about how like dating apps don't really increase their confidence because I remember one of the things, one of the reasons I would be on dating apps, um, you know, when I was single was, oh, it's just a background confidence boost. I'm not looking for anything serious, but it just kind of gives you some validation and, you know, you can move on with your day. But that isn't the case for, for Asian men and black women. I think it's just a very normal thing for people to say, I'm not racist, but I wouldn't date them because I'm just not attracted to them. You know, I don't, I'm not attracted to brown skin, but I don't think there's anything wrong with them. Ugh. I mean, all we have to do is look at dating shows. Look at Love Island. Look at The Bachelor. I think it was the 40th season of The Bachelor in America where they had the first black man as the bachelor if you look at love island the majority of people are white blonde people oh my god you know that classic question that people get um are you into blondes or brunettes i always feel so ostracized by that question like i'm not blonde or brunette like what like i have black hair and the fact that the majority of the world has black hair and I mean, just, just tell, tell me you're racist. When we're shown that this is what is attractive, when we have a certain, you know, look on dating shows in the media, like obviously that's what we're going to associate with what is attractive. Mona Chalabi talks about a study done by Essence magazine about the stereotypes that are related to dating preferences. She talks about how black women in the media are, you know, put into four different categories. The angry black woman, the baby mama, the uneducated black woman, and the fat black woman. In the same regard, Asian men are also depicted that way in the media. You've got overbearing and sexist Asian men, you've got geeky Asian men, or the sexless sidekick. Both races are never seen as the romantic interest. If we had, like, hot Asian men, hot black women on TV, we would very, very slowly but surely be reconditioned as a society as to what is attractive and what isn't. But unfortunately, a lot of our conditioning is reinforced time and time again. I'm going to end this with a couple quotes from the Mike article. Experts say that attraction is in fact socially constructed, but given that racism is woven into the very fabric of society, how do you know whether your dating preferences are racist? Where do you draw the line between simply liking what you like and liking what our racialized society tells you to like? We're constantly bombarded with messages from a constellation of sources from the media to our own families about who is attractive, good, deserving of a relationship, and so on. As uncomfortable as it might feel, Chan Mullick explains that it's important to ask yourself why you like who you like, since this awareness can allow you to move past the flattened, stereotypical meanings racial categories hold, even if you haven't crossed the line into sexual racism. Muhammad, in his article, says, 
I believe people of all races, not just white people, have a moral responsibility to question, reconsider, and recultivate their desires. Unjust racial beauty standards are internalized by everyone, so it is logical that everyone partake in rectifying their nefarious effects, affected by giving everyone a fair chance as a dating partner, um, because it demonstrates a commitment to a truly racially integrated society. I guess these are questions we should ask ourselves. Why do we only date within our race? Is it because we don't want to experience the exhaustion of explaining to someone what it is to be a person of color? Yeah, that's probably not racist. That's probably just self-protection. Are you only dating Asian women because you think that they are quiet and subservient? That's probably racist. Are you not dating a certain race like black people or Muslim people or East Asian people because that's what our parents want us to do? That's probably racist, but understandable if your circumstances don't allow you to, you know, lived up to the promise of this being a complicated topic, a complex topic. There's no right, there's no wrong, but I think we should leave this just reflecting and being like, hmm, why is it that I only like this certain kind of person? At the end of the day, like do what you want to do. This is a life partner you're choosing. Don't like choose a, a life partner you're not attracted to just to make a political statement. No one's asking for that. But I think we should be self-aware about why we do make the choices we make. Because I want to bring up my children to be able to date whoever they want to date but in order to do that we need to have that self-awareness <sighs> i don't know if any of that made sense it made sense to me that's all that matters i feel like i learned something <laughs> yeah what do you guys think i'd love to hear from some of you guys who've been in interrel inter who are in interracial relationships you know experiences that you where you've had uh, issues with family i'd love to hear from some of you guys who exclusively date within your race or outside of your race it's okay if you think that you fall into the category of approaching racism as a result of this discussion i think i do as well i just think that it is such a big issue and i'm so freaking tired i'm gonna go watch a broadway show now life is so hard i love you guys message me on instagram at uncultured pod where we can have a conversation about this yeah realizing that you're racist is a, is a loaded one so I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go have a little existential crisis. See you in the next episode. Bye.